Timberwolves the podcast, which spelled backwards is to sackdopt at Svevlo Rebment. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Scott. And I'm Neil. Welcome to episode 14, everybody. I've missed y'all so much. We're back at it after a week away. Uh, back doing a podcast about the Minnesota Timberwolves. I missed you as much as I missed base, or basketball during the <laughs> All-Star break. That's right. Baseball's around the corner, too. I know it's on your brain. Uh, I got to prepare for my fantasy draft, man. <laughs> Three-time defending champion, Xanadu League. Wow. Team, the more you can know. You got a lot of the line. You got, you got a three-time championship to protect. And the trophy's so big that it costs a lot to ship anywhere in this country. <laughs> so I don't intend to lose. That's right. It's on you to ship that. But we're talking uh, basketball. We took a week off due to All-Star Weekend. And there being uh, a nice long break for the for the players to rejuvenate and such. All-Star Weekend is great. But the four or five days after All-Star Weekend is the worst. They just leave you missing. Yep. Missing, missing the NBA, missing the Wolves. It's great to have them back, even when they played kind of sloppy basketball against Memphis right off the bat. Yeah, ever since then, though. I mean, that, I yeah. they played good before the break. They're playing pretty good after the break. It's Absolutely. been a good month. I would say February on a whole is a good month for the Wolves in general. Totally. Lots Rep- of great wins. Because we're leaving February now. We're going to March. <laughs> it's a tough month ahead. Let's talk about that All-Star uh, break, though, Scott. We never really got to, I know it seems like it was a long time ago at this point, but we never got a chance to kind of recap and uh, give our thoughts about the festivities of All-Star Weekend. We previewed it, but then it happened. I think, and, uh, I think yeah. my favorite thing about All-Star Weekend is social media. <laughs> Why is that? What, what, what are you talking about? Uh, just like a lot of people on the ground making cool social media content. Everyone in the yeah. NBA blogosphere who isn't there, or tweet, Twitter sphere who isn't there, just all making jokes. And uh, it's a really fun time to be like, wa- it's a dual screen thing. You watch it on TV and you're also watching it, you know, your Twitter feed going. Yeah, I like to see like Instagram pictures and videos and Snapchats and stuff of like players interacting with other players. They don't get that a lot of time during the season to hang out with each other unless they're playing that team. So it's kind of cool to see different groups all together. And we're living in the Vine era <laughs> where if you missed out on something, you get to see it right away. Like yeah. if, you're, if you missed out on the Rising Stars Challenge, all those dunks. Because a lot of times on the Rising Stars Challenge, there's so many dunks, you don't really see the replay. They don't right. show replays of them all. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so you can see it on a loop thousands and thousands of times. Thank you, CJ Zero. On, on, <laughs> shout out to CJ Zero. Um, okay, Giving let's, it up. let's talk about some things, Scott. Rising Stars Challenge. Uh, it's pronounced GIF because it's a gift it's to a, you and me. It's a GIF. It's a it's GIF. A gift Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Uh, All-Star recap. You know, so Rising Stars Challenge was the first thing uh, as far as Wolves fans were concerned Friday night. Zach wins the MVP. Just as I predicted. Yeah, Zach wins the MVP. High-flying show. He really turned it on in the second half. I'm disappointed. He said he was going to score 50. He only scored 30. So he might score 50. He took but... enough shots to score 50, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was gunning for that. He was gunning for that number one spot. <laughs> Made a lot of shots. Uh, you know, and and he won he won the MVP. All three Wolves players, I think, were uh, held their own. They all scored what over twenty five points or something. Yeah, like, Wiggins had like twenty eight. He was almost yeah. there, but he he was like you know eleven to twelve, and he had like eleven dunks in that game. I think was the number, which is crazy because right a couple uh, like you know a month ago or so he had five dunks in a game <laughs> and it tied for second most in a Timberwolves game by an individual player like ever in team history. Wow! And so like for him to do eleven dunks in that Rising Stars game, cool. well. It makes sense. There's double the amount of normal possessions. That game ended. I'm upset, though, because we set the over-under at 320. Yeah, what was it? Total points. It was just under 320. It was like 312 or something. (laughs) I was so angry. I was cheering for that over at 
the end of the game. Any player who didn't have 20 in that game, I, I don't know what happened to them. They must have been hurt or something that night because everyone was getting theirs. Lots of points to go around, lots of shots getting up for everybody. So it's yeah. inter- I love it because you get to see who has the confidence in those <laughs> kinds of games. Like, you know, anyone could have, like, tried to hog the ball as much as Zach, but no, he took it. He, he did called it. his own number. <laughs> he did it. He was ready for it. It was great. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm glad the Timberwolves won an MVP, even though I felt like Wiggins kind of uh, deserved it more. Yep. But you know what? If it world won, it probably would have gone to Chris Stapps anyways. He was killer in that game. Yeah, Chris Stapps was good. Uh, I'm kind of bummed out. The NBA and Adidas decided not to sell the jerseys this year, Rising Stars jerseys last year. Yeah, what's year. up with that? We're These sold. jerseys were so cool. Yeah, no, I went into the Wolves Pro Shop actually and had a nice conversation uh, about those jerseys uh, before the game, and they mentioned that last year how it worked was – the game happened, and then all the extra jerseys that they had, they the league sent off to all the teams. So they were hoping that it would happen this year. We got the nice gold and black and white and black I like fade that, jerseys. I like that this year it said World and USA yeah, on the front. World last year, last year it was just your team's Team uh, name. Na- name. So it said Minnesota in the script font of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, so, so this it wasn't year. even like you got Minnesota in a different font. It was <laughs> in the exact same font that's same on the away jerseys. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, this year they're not sending them out to the teams, unfortunately. So I don't maybe they didn't sell that well because those were some beautiful some beautiful kits i can see why they wouldn't sell that well though i mean these are you know really just rookies and sophomores and not all of them are as popular as cat or porzingis a lot of these guys are just like you know guys not getting a ton of minutes on their own teams yeah although i'd buy a boban (laughs) jersey boban rising stars and heartbeat uh skills challenge big men in the game for the first time and a big band took home the championship First time around, Scott. That was pretty cool. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. No one was predicting. Oh, Nobody yeah. was predicting it, you know, going in. Yeah. And everyone uh, predicting Isaiah or Draymond, mostly people saying Draymond. And if anyone else was doing bigs, like if you were handicapping in the bigs, yeah. you probably use a bat on their knees because then they can never walk again. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> Wrong one. Wrong handicap. If you were handicapping the bigs, I think Draymond would be definitely first, easily, uh-huh. huge gap. And then I hear a lot of Boogie. I hear a lot of Anthony Davis. I didn't hear anyone saying Cat except us. <laughs> <laughs> we, we knew it was possible. We saw his skills on full display, even though you know, we also see his fire as competitor because he never had a perfect round. Every time he messed up something different, and he found a way to compensate for it and right. come back. Missed a pass, missed I guess, a shot here or there. At least he never dribbled he was, it off his I foot. Think, <laughs> I think he was flawless against Boogie, actually. He nailed his first pass against Boogie and nailed his first three against Boogie. And Boogie, Boogie dribbled it off his foot on like his very first dribble. Boogie was the opposite of Cat. Like Cat was like the young dude who really wanted to win this thing. Boogie was like Too cool so for lackadaisical. So <laughs> cool for school. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he dribbled off his foot right away and just wasn't good for Boogie. But uh, it, was, it was definitely cool to see the big men in there and they did their thing and they were very excited to see Carl win the whole thing. That was probably the best part of the whole contest was how the big men, you know, mobbed mob towns at the end that that was amazing well you know three of the four of them were from kentucky so yeah they, they're all they're all the same they yeah, all know each other all already they all they all like scrimmage against each other in the yeah. summers already except for you know that weirdo draymond green alumni from michigan state <laughs> from michigan state that's right <laughs> okay but cool. i'm gonna say like it was cool but and i love that cat one but the yeah. skills challenge still it's got a, it's still kind of lame. Okay, what can we do? I think make we need it a little to spice it up a little bit. We, let's let's we should always be looking to improve it, right? Even if it's good, this was a step for forward. Yeah, that's last good. year when they did two yep. guys running at the same time, also a step forward. Yep. Here's what I want to do. This is a way I'll also incorporate different rookies or different Ooh. different players who don't get the All Star nod into it. More rising stars, maybe. I want there to be defenders on the court. <laughs> I want one defender. The league's best defenders. Right. You can like have like Iguodala come out and yeah. he picks you up at half court and he tries to poke the ball away. 
So not only are you seeing your dribbling skills, it's showing your ball security. Like how, how well it. do you keep it away from somebody yeah. who's trying to get away from you? And then not only have to make a layup, because that's pretty lame. That's like the lamest part of the whole thing was like the running layup part. Yeah. Instead of doing that, how about there's like a defender? Maybe you got Boban down there. Maybe uh-huh. you have like paint defender. Rudy Gobert just chilling. And so you have to do the same kind of obstacle course, but this time you also have to get it past Iguodala at half court. And then get it past Gobert at the rim. Yeah, I like that. You have to dribble it past someone twice, you know, in this in this competition. That's cool. Maybe no defender on the pass, but definitely a defender on the on the on the layup, right? Uh, for sure. That 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 would definitely make things interesting to another level. I like if, that. If it works out, I think we can take the idea a step farther and have like a teammate come on, and you have to run a pick and roll with them at one point. Wow, I mean this this could Let's go see anywhere. the real skills. It's wide open skills challenge. There's so many different things you could do. I like that. Um, moving on to the dunk contest, uh, the main the, event, the crown jewel of Saturday night, the and really maybe contest. the whole weekend. Yeah, Zach did his thing. Zach's got some spunk contest. Zach, um, you know, it's his destiny to dunk the basketball. It's like his like point in life. It's his meaning in life. I think That's nobody's why done he was it better. Born. Yeah, nobody's ever done it better. Yeah, and, and he and he really lived up to the hype. There was a little, I was a little worried about him. You know, ge- being the favorite this time around for sure, and and uh, coming in and, and maybe missing some things. But no, he he nailed it. He was great. Um, did his thing. Got lots of fifties. All but one, I think, right? Right. Like, like, the only one he didn't get a 50 on, he got a 49 on. Uh, he got 149. He got 299 out of the total 300 possible points in the dunk that's contest. That's nuts. That was just Shaq, though. He was consistent about Here's sure. the thing about Shaq. If you didn't get it on your first try, no 10. Sorry, guys. Which, at least, you know, he stuck to that grading <laughs> scale. He was fair about that. Yeah. And I just think that I, I was more surprised that there was a good competition out of it because I thought Zach yeah. had it hands down, especially after I saw... Gordon come out and his first dunk was the same as like Drummond's and like Will Barton's and they all did like a kind of Zach Levine-ish right. under the leg thing. And then Zach comes out and does the behind the back reverse. He's just a Martian. You see that and you're like, oh, this is a whole different level. So the fact that like Gordon can come back and just make it a, a show was really cool. Spectacular. I don't, yeah. I think though that like, I hear a lot of people say that he was robbed or that he should have won. Gordon. And I just don't agree. Yeah. You know, it's not something I'm going to argue with you about because it's not like a radical opinion to have. Yeah. It's not like saying you're going to vote for Trump or something like that. (laughs) This is like an okay opinion to have. I respect your opinion. Yeah. Gordon had some sick dunks. But I would say Gordon had hands down the best dunk. He had easily the best dunk of the night. Maybe one of the best dunks of the last 10 years. Yes. The dunk contest. That under the legs chair dunk. Mm. Oh, my God. That's yeah, that electrifying. Was, that was by far the best dunk. If you won based on your best dunk alone, he would win the title. Right. But the overall body of work by Levine was better. Some people like to say that uh, Gordon got robbed because on his final dunk, he did the touch. The, he tomahawked it back to his back and oh, touched yeah. it on his back. And then like he the pumped it. Pump. He pumped it all the way down below his knees. And then he cocked it back and slammed it. Crazy. And everyone said that's a 50 dunk. The only reason he didn't get a 50 is because it's more of an instant replay to appreciate it dunk. And some uh-huh. people scored him. Not seeing it on a replay, it goes so fast, maybe they didn't appreciate what he did. And I call BS on that because. Mm. He also failed to do a different dunk a couple times. That was oh. his backup dunk. Oh, I see. He tried to do a different dunk before that dunk. Oh, I forgot about that. And messed it up twice. And then he was like, okay, I'll do this other backup <laughs> oh, he tried dunk. To throw it off the, he tried to throw it off the shot clock. Right. That's and, what it was. And true to form, Shaq, you can't, you can't give him a 50 if you don't get it on the first try. So no even 50s. though he got that like double, double pump action on the first try, it was still like his third different like attempt of the night i think dunk. both these guys are coming back next year for a repeat i was wondering before this match if it might be levine's last 
But even though he went to, into six dunks, uh, he apparently has more in the tank. Jamal Crawford was saying, uh, you know, his Seattle friend uh, Jamal Crawford was just saying, you know, he, he's got some other stuff that I've seen. And, uh, you know, a possible between the legs twice thing, maybe. I remember uh, reading this. Yeah. I believe it to be true. Yeah. Like, I'm very confident and it's true. Oh, yeah. But mean, if someone corrects us on Twitter, I won't be surprised. But I'm <laughs> really confident it's true yeah. that the NBA can force anyone on their rookie contract to do any of the all-star Saturday right. events. Okay. Like they don't have a say in it until yep. you're off your rookie deal. And so the league can just keep saying Levine Gordon. Yeah. Back, back again. The ratings will be huge. <laughs> have a feeling it'll be a well. rematch, whether they like it or not. Yeah. I don't think you have to twist their arm too much. I'm sure Zach really loves the, this competition. Again, it's his forte. It's, you know, his time to shine for the whole year. And yeah, I mean, know. both him and Gordon now, you know, won't have They're to on buy. the map. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. Right. They're on the map for dunk land. They're social media stars for another year because of this. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see both those guys back in it next year because it was such a good competition. Congrats to Zach for, for winning it, bringing it back home, back to back. Um, let's uh, let's move on to some more current events. Scott, some trade deadline things. Trade deadline was at the end of last week um, or so last week. Trade deadline happened. Everyone thought that, uh, that uh, Kevin Martin was for sure on his way out the door. We had been talking about it in previous shows. I had even gone as far as in a predicted segment to say that he would not be the only member of the team traded, that there would Ooh. be more players traded. We should instead, have a spe- special like sound effect for when you fail a predict it, because that was yeah, like, predict like don't. A, like a spring boing maybe? Yeah, yeah. Something like boing, that. Boing, yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Martin not traded, nor was any Wolf traded. So quiet trade deadline. Uh, Milton Newton deciding to just hold Pat for now, right? Just Just chill. Well, nothing out there. I mean, it's hard to hard to really talk about it without didn't knowing hear, what was on the table and stuff. So you didn't hear any deals. Like I didn't hear any solid rumors. Really, you right? Heard, no you heard consistency in the rumors. Was really the most you heard. Like whenever yeah. there was players mentioned, it was usually from a source that had a lot of interest in it. And uh-huh. I was pushing that angle pretty hard. So I'm not surprised. You could this team doesn't really need to upgrade at this point at the trade deadline. It usually costs you less to get assets in the summer. Sure. Because when you're at the trade deadline midseason, it's just like, I need it now, I need it now, I need it for the playoffs. Give and me that guy. Yeah, so we were not buyers, and we didn't have a lot to sell because our cabinets <laughs> are very strange. We have, like, the nice china that's way too new that we won't trade away, and uh-huh. the old china just is a mess at this point. So nothing really that we not a lot of middle ground in there. Exactly. Kevin Martin's about the only middle ground we have. And, well, yeah, think he's getting to be best, cut. He's fragile, China. He's got a few cracks in him. So, yeah, not very valuable these days. So, opting to stay with him for now, at least. Uh, there will be um, a waiver deadline uh, coming up next week um, for, you know, last call for, for players to be waived uh, so they can, I think it's for guys who can actually play in the playoffs. So, if Kevin Martin wants to play in the playoffs, he should uh, make it known now to Timberwolves front office that he wants a buyout. Much like his former teammate Andre Miller, who is uh, bought out. Uh, bye bye. Yes, goodbye. Thank you for your goodbye. Time. He wants. I was to reflecting today play. that like the last the lasting mem- memory of Andre Miller will be like ten or fifteen years from now when we're watching <laughs> Zach Levine's dunk contest on uh, Brain Tube, <laughs> oh the three D YouTube that's projected <laughs> in your brain. About that he, well, he was there. He, he threw the lob. The first ever. The first ever lob dunk from the free throw line in NBA history. Yeah. Andre Miller. And so people will be like, who is that little dude throwing the throwing the you know the lob, granddad? You'll be like, oh, that's the professor. 
Yeah, totally. That, that's interesting because, you know, the Wolves put out a video a couple days ago, you know, with an all-star recap type of thing. And they showed like Zach Levine's uh, dunk contest warm up time. And Cat was actually the one throwing him that pass. They showed a couple of them and he was throwing that pass. No Andre Miller anywhere to be seen. Interesting. So I'm pretty sure that that was for his first pass in that situation. Like he wasn't at practice doing well, Zach it. Zach blew the first, <laughs> first try and that's why he only got a 299 out of 300 <laughs> on the dunk contest. So really... Damn. I guess you could blame Andre Miller for... Should have been there. He was the reason why Zach didn't get the perfect score. Maybe his flight got in late or something like that. I don't know why he was there, though. Like, I mean, I guess you can do what you want. Apparently, it's fun to go see his, like, NBA buddies. Maybe (laughs) have some sponsors to hang out with in Toronto. But, like, it just seems like you didn't have to be there except for that, you know? Like... Oh, it was a good time at All-Star Weekend, right? Go to Cold City for a while before your vacay. Yeah, just chill. It'll be a good time. He's probably meeting with GMs, figuring out which one's going to pick him up now that he gets a buyout. Yeah. Okay, okay. Who wants me? That's what he was doing, rubbing elbows, drinking La- drinks lastly, in White Vegas. Ooh, White, White Vegas. That's right. We're talking about White Vegas. Well, I wanted to say something about the trade deadline mm. before we move on. Go ahead. And that's just that, like, I know that it's a lot of fun on Twitter to use the trade machine and throw around ideas. Every little rumor, we're like, this is just a rumor, but let's dissect it a bunch of different yeah, ways, right? Machine. Blog posts and articles. <laughs> and that's just kind of how the internet content machine works. And I love it as much as you and everybody yeah. else does. But I think that what that does is it underrates the idea of continuity as an asset, keeping the team together. Like if you're going to trade Shabazz for somebody where you don't know if there's a winner or a loser, or if you're going to get rid of guys just to clear like cap space, like these guys uh, treating them like assets like that is maybe smart, but it's also something like the Sixers would do where there's no continuity in that clubhouse. Like you want to build a culture where, you know, if you don't have to rattle things for the young guys, you don't bring people in and out. Like we had such a revolving door during the Kevin Love years. And I think that stopped there from ever being like a great team chemistry. And totally. I mean, vets can easily kind of come in and out of situations and, and meld, but I think it's harder for young guys. So especially with the wolves when they got a bunch of young people, I think it's better to keep things to err on the side of keeping things together rather than shaking it up is, is, is kind of what we're talking about here. Except that, especially when it's players you've like drafted and developed yourself, like yeah. just to move Shabazz to move Shabazz like it no point it's like it's like uh in Pokemon where your Pokemon obey you but if you trade for another guy's Pokemon and it's too high of a level and you don't have the right gym badge you'll just disobey your orders you gotta you gotta have that time to to teach them to obey you right if you caught those Pokemon they are more loyal to you than Pokemon you trade for that makes a lot of sense uh moving on to Pekovic Scott he is out for the season his foot is still hurting can't say we're too surprised. Uh, they kind of shut Peck down a couple weeks ago. He played uh, 12 or 13 games for the Wolves um, in January. Things were looking okay, but then he was still having some some foot issues uh, uh, stemming from that Achilles surgery last summer. Can't say we're surprised, right? This is this is kind of been, yep. been nah, in the wind I mean, for a while. We've talked about this. I mean, yeah, this is uh, now we can just tie a bow on it and be done with yes. it. We've talked about it maybe five episodes at least, where we just say, you know, we can't move them. You know, it, we would have to give away good stuff to move them. Yeah, not we, yet. Anyway, we had to we trade the first them. to get Wes off of the books. What oh, do you think boy. we're going to have to trade to get Peck off the books? Not going to yeah. happen. But that's okay. We don't need that cap space right now. I know. Once again, it's fun to come up with trade ideas, and if we have a lot of <laughs> cap space, it's more of a blank canvas for Twitter and the blogosphere to have fun with i understand that but like do we really need to sign someone like do we really need that extra cap room it'd be nice to be have 
Yeah, totally. But it's not like it's killing us right now, like where the Cavs or you've seen like teams in playoff contention have to dump assets to get co- toxic contracts off their books. Totally. Like when the Golden State traded two future first rounds to Utah to get Beedrins off the books. Yeah, so they have room for Iguodala. Iguodala. Yeah, so, you know, but when we're I take, not at that point yet. Totally. We can, we can have Peck on it. He Maybe he gets better next year and he can play 10 minutes a night maybe. You yeah. Know, maybe 10 minutes every other game and it'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, but where he's not moving. Yes, he's he's here for a while, uh, you know. But I think with this week, what's interesting is some of the things that Arnie Kander had to say, um, and I think it's interesting to sort of take the long view here with Pekovic. Again, he still does after this season. He has two more years, twelve million per on each of those seasons on his contract. So basically, what happened is, you know, he was at eighty-five percent. They said, "All right, we're going to put him into these games and see how he feels." His body did not respond right. And uh, so they stopped playing him. And, you know, uh, Arnie Kander uh, is quoted as saying, he will be fine. He will be Nikola Pekovic again. And so that's interesting because, A, I trust Arnie Kander and the things he says so far. His track record's great. And, and B, I just think it's, you know, with that contract and those years left, why not let him sit for the rest of the year, give him another summer off, um, and, and really rehab him back to hopefully be that backup big that we need going forward. I think it's possible. And, um, you know, yeah, probably won't be able to trade him. So hopefully let's uh, just shut him down and get him going for the next couple of years. And it's anyway. not like Glenn has to pay, like, the full $12 million every year because he gets such a good deal on uncooked meat. And Pekovic's contract stipulates. That's how they pay him. He stipulates to be paid in all uncooked meat. And the meat market is so good right now. Yeah, if you haven't checked, meat market, meat that's, that's where you should put your money right such now. such a low. Guys. So yeah. go buy some meat. And so right now, it's really like an $8 million contract to Glenn Taylor because he buys his meat in bulk <laughs> yep. when the meat market is down, and it's down right now. So buy your meat. If you got a big freezer, there's a lot of it. That's a scoop right here that you've heard. Here to first here on Timberwolves, the podcast, you guys. You didn't know about that uh, about that meat deal that Peck has, but it's in there. It's, um, you know, but we just have a little birdie who let us know about that. I hope Pekovic, like, rehabs long enough for us, like, for him to stay in downtown long yeah. enough for, like, the baseball season to start. Because yep. I just want to see... April. Peck and Snow like shaking hands, like face to face. It would be like the scene in Predator where Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger shake hands. Yes. They lock arms and it closes in, and they're it's pals. just like a strong gl- grasp. But it's also like they're both flexing at the same time. So it's just like forearms are like. Sounds like a t shirt idea, Scott. <laughs> so no one's going. Oh, it's man. Going. Peck's hand would be all tattooed and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think Snow might have some tattoos on one of bat. his arms. So yeah. Holding the bat with his other hand. Oh, all right. Um, Put it cool. on a t shirt, underdog. Scott, uh, our sponsor this week is a public service announcement from, from the, the NBA. NBA. We uh, we told them we would read this. Yeah. They contacted us. Uh, the NBA is very progressive about how they treat digital media. <laughs> and so they just search, they reach out to podcasts. And what did they want to, uh, what did they want to let the people know about this? They week? gave us a pamphlet. This okay. pamphlet is called How to Constructively Complain to the Referee, a Guide for NBA Players. Okay, cool. So this is... I um, thought about this, you know, yeah. the other night when we were watching uh, Terrence Ross lose his cool. Oh my God. So weird. He like acted like he was going to throw that ball at the referee he back. cocked it back he was ready yeah you can't do that like one of these days to the moon oh, yeah, hit you. yeah you can't do that with the referees like that's just like unbridled anger so. so so how so what what the nba wants us to um you know broadcast out to all the players who are listening to our show right now is, is really the proper etiquette and some some tips on uh, how to complain to the ref if you got some beef tip number you know? one yeah Wait until a stop in the action to raise your point. Very smart. Kevin Love just did not learn this when he was on the team. (laughs) 
you got to make sure that oh, no. the action has stopped because the referee is not going to listen to you if he's running or she is running down the court. Yeah. Get to the other side and they're watching the action. The ball is not dead. You're right. And also, it's really hard to referee when there's four on five going on because there's like the defense is scrambling because Kevin Love's still on the other side of the court complaining. Yeah, they're trying and to so, take advantage of the opportunity. And so the defense has got to hack and like hustle all around. The refs need to be on their game. That's 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 a great point. Uh, the next one is uh, look casual so cameras uh, don't think you're having a heated discussion. I think that this is a great move. We've seen this before. You know, maybe it's like during a free throw, something like that. You're all lined up. You're talking to the ref. Things are hot, but you're not really, you know, your facial expression does not really give off that vibe. I don't want any wild gesticulations. I don't want you, like, no. gesturing with your arm or stomping your feet. Don't show me up. I know you're angry. you got adrenaline running through you. But these referees don't want to look like a fool. If you try to make them look like a fool, they have to come with the authority. That's right. Tip number three. Ask what you did, Ron, not what the referees did, Ron. Don't Ooh, go to the ref and say, like it. hey, Tony Brothers. Why didn't you see that? Yeah. Or, you know, you. why did you call uh, me? Because yes. that's saying, why did he mess up? What you say is you go up in there and say, hey, Tony, what did I do, Ron? I want to do better next time. Tell me how how was that a foul? Because I didn't see it. I, I honestly don't believe that was a foul. You're saying turn it into a learning opportunity. Exactly. <laughs> next tip is uh, don't complain about old calls. Even if the refs know they made a bad one, they can't change the past. Focus on the future. That's right. Don't think back to earlier in the game where you know they missed one. You know, they probably know they missed one, too. Oh, they definitely know they missed one. They have those running through their mind all night. They understand that. One well, of those clips went viral. The ref talking to uh, uh, Green, Draymond, <laughs> earlier in the season. See, what did he say? Where he said, I got that one wrong. He uh, just yeah. told me, like, you know, he just straight, straight up, up told Draymond. Yeah, like, okay, you were right. I got that one wrong. Sorry, you know. Tip number eight. I don't know what tip this is. Yeah, eight or nine. Yeah, six. Yeah. Seven? Eleven. We're going to say it's tip number 32 for Carl Anthony Towns. That's right. The boy, who, oh, I should make it for Shabazz. Tip number 15. <laughs> this is the boy who cried Timberwolf effect. <laughs> if you complain about everything to the refs, it loses its meaning over time. If you complain on every single call, they're just going to ignore you. Like this is Shabazz, a big one. you hear every time, maybe Shabazz just in an empty gym screams every time he goes up for a shot. <laughs> But you you hear him more than anybody on oh, the court. Yeah. Every time. And he just screams like he, he's gotten murdered every time he goes up. And most of the time, you know, maybe he's getting a little contact. But, like, eventually the refs just tune that out. They're You're like, right. okay, yeah, I hear that every time. So when he does actually get hit, it doesn't have any effect anymore. Uh, last one, last tip here uh, for the uh, constructive uh, complaining to the referee guide. This uh, is, like, upper-level tips. This is, like, NBA insider tips. That's right. Uh, give the ref a pat on the butt and an encouraging word after a correct call against you. Um, if this is a woman referee, uh, do not pat on the butt. Nope. Uh, there's, there's, Can't uh, do it. There's currently one woman. Those are the uh, referee in the NBA, Lauren Holtkamp. And uh, yeah, if, if she is your ref, uh, you know, maybe maybe a little like nice uh, pat on the back, maybe a little shoulder clasp, something yeah. like that, you know. I would but, say like a high five. Yeah. Or maybe a firm handshake. And this kind of goes back to our last one. Really pick your spots here. Make sure that, you know, if there's a correct, you know, you know, you see guys, you know, holding their hand up to call the foul if it was on them. That's a great move. But again, you know, compliment the ref possibly. Good call, ref. After that, then next time when you have beef with the call, it's going to go a lot further. And... To top this all off, this is great. It was uh, at the bottom of this note from the NBA. It says, Smooches XOXO, Adam Silver. Aw, thanks, Adam, for that. Uh, we'll, we'll read anything for you anytime. So that is a PSA from your NBA. And next up, we have some mailbag. It's a 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 mailbag. 
Letters all letters like the alphabet, yo This segment's called Mailbag So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show Yeah, send us your letters Send us your messages Send us your carrier pigeons We want to hear from you Yes indeed, mailbag time Reading your mail Thank you as always for sending in your mail to us Tweet at us at Wolfcast Or go to our website and email us there. It's almost carrier pigeon season. Ooh. I can feel it. I can feel it in the air. All right. First question is from Tom. Tom writes, Kanye West finally released his new album, The Life of Pablo, and it includes a song called Wolves. Obviously, the team should use this as their starting lineups music. What other music would you like to hear? So this is like the, you know, the pump up music that happens when they shut yes. off all the lights in the arena. Right now they use Kanye West power. Yeah. So they're already in the, con- they're already down with Kanye. Yeah. Last year they used uh, Black Skinhead actually, which has oh, got yeah. that We Will Rock You Stadium beat. That was even cooler actually. I thought that was better than this year's power. Yeah. They will though use a drum line sometime when they use power. And sometimes they don't. It's even, it feels empty without the drum line. But sometimes they'll bring out the drum line. So it's like power. Yeah. So tennis. let's hear Wolves right here, Scott. This is a Wolves song that we're, we're thinking of. You haven't heard it yet. Again, we, we're thinking drum line for this. Drum, 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 drum. Like, just add the drums here. This is going to be remixed online. I haven't seen it remixed yet. I actually looked today because this song needs drums right there. You <laughs> yeah, know? it does. So they can mix this into something. It's right this. after the two wild part. You two wild. <laughs> yeah. This is it. This should be the Wolves starting lineup music. Drums coming right here. Ah, so good. Just Great. drums going. And like when all the lights go off, just like Power, which has the ah, uh, hey, uh, uh, this one has this yeah. little ooh, little haunting little ghost wolf howl. It's like, you know, a, a little like go- lonely ghost howl. That's good. And then you can even let it go a little farther and you can like swap it with the mascots like cover the raptors in lamb's wool. They're surrounded by the timber wolves. <laughs> there it is. Okay, we got a couple other ones here. Some other uh, wolf ideas for so these are the other songs we're thinking. Duran Duran, Hungry Like the Wolf, Scott. Classic. Classic hit. Hungry Like the Wolf. They say it in the song. I, I think that like they have like these theme nights. They could easily do a, like a throwback yep. theme night. Have them all come out to this. Yeah. Have them wearing like the old like ABA warm ups, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Be good. Yeah, the '80s stuff. I like it. Yeah, I'm t- all into that. Put the song, the song era with the with the uniforms and stuff. That's a good idea. Hungry like the wolf. Had, like a throwback night before. I vaguely remember dressing throwback <laughs> style. Yeah. Oh no, it was this season. You wore your Leitner jersey to it, oh, yeah. remember? And the dad. That's right. The dad and the daughter in the Skyway, where the dad like told his daughter, his like five year old daughter, how bad Christian Leitner was. Because she was like, Leitner is on the wall. <laughs> say like call out teammates or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got Duran Duran, Hungry Like the Wolf. That's a good one. TV on the radio. This song's called Wolf Like Me. You guys know this one, Wolf Like Me. I don't know if they uh, say wolf too much in the song, but... No, uh, there are lyrics about being a, a wolf. Oh, there you there go. There are lyrics about being an animal I can't understand what he's saying, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's part of the appeal. His, his, Look up the lyrics. His voice sounds like the shards, just like the guitar riffs. The yeah. shardy. And this is a good pop-up song, though. This is actually something they should play in the arena. This will yeah. bump me up. It keeps the energy up. It's like fast moving. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it for sure. Wolf Love like TV me. on the radio. TV on the radio. Now this next one's my personal choice. Yeah, what's that one? Uh, this one, you can't make a list without it. Werewolves in London, Warren Zavon. Yes, here it is. 
have right the, there. Have the wolves come strutting out to this one? I thought this was a Kid Rock song, Scott. I thought this, I thought this was a Kid Rock song, you know? Oh, yeah. man, do that version. <laughs> There's a certain segment of Minnesota <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama. Love that, you know? I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his Yeah, it's just like, and your starting point guard tonight, 6 4 from Spain, Ricky Rubio. Yeah, you know, it was perfect. We got away from the payoff, though. We can't. Right here. Oh, yeah. Get the howling in there. Pretty good, if you ask me. Timberwolves, Minnesota. That's a team. All right, good one. Werewolves of London. All right, next we have a song uh, from the band Fantagram. Uh, they have a song called Howling at the Moon. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if they, again, I don't know how much you know, howling they actually do in this song, but, uh, you know, it's got a good beat. It's got a good jam, you know. It's got a good groove. I can see it. So, uh, you know how I use the the music shelf at The Current? Yes. To get free CDs of that don't make it into the library? been doing that for a few years uh-huh. and I have a special pile of CDs on my desk whenever somebody puts a wolf in their artwork <laughs> it's, a, it's a pile of like maybe like 15 CDs I've collected over the last two years that have like wolf art <laughs> wolf artwork you gotta see those someday yeah if you come by NPR I'll show them to you Alan at the moon a little fanagram there that's nice oh man I'm feeling it good vibe good vibe okay and then the last one kind of a silly one from 30 Rock uh, you know it uh, Tracy Jordan, Werewolf Man, Tracy, look up at the sky. It's a full moon on the Sabbath. This is scary. Break it down. I was working late on my half Torah when I heard a knock on my bedroom door. I opened it up, and to my surprise, there was a werewolf standing there with glowing gold eyes. He said, Tomorrow, my son, you will be a man. But tonight's the time to join the Wolfing Clan. Tomorrow, you will stand at the beamer and pray. But tonight, let's gaze at the moon and bathe. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. Wolves becoming men, men becoming wolves. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. Wolves becoming men, men becoming wolves. All right, that was, that was great. Oh, classic, right there. Werewolf for mitzvah. You see, Check I think they could rock. show that like fourth quarter during a timeout. That'd be like one of those things where they play the video. <laughs> And then they have like the you you see shots of the opposing team's bench after a timeout, like all laughing and pointing up and watching it, and, like yeah. dancing to the music. You know, Russ would get down with that music. Oh yeah, I love it. All right, cool. That's uh, that's uh, some some ideas for uh, starting lineups. But yeah, Wolves by Kanye. That'd be amazing. Next They're already question. using Kanye, so they might as well. Yeah, just tweak might as well. It. Might as well tweak it. Next question is from Kristen. She asks if you could ask any Timberwolf one question. Who would you ask and what would you ask? Uh, good question, Kristen. Uh, from, I'll start first, um, Scott. My question would be for Kevin Garnett. I want to know what KG's best Prince story is. I feel like he probably has um, some cool parties that he's been to with Prince, whether here in Minnesota or out in L.A. I think they both live there in the summers or in the winters or whatever. So, you know, uh, I think that they've had some some meetings and some parties and some who knows what has gone down between KG and Prince over the last 20 years or so. And I have a feeling that neither of those individuals would ever tell. 
Right. And in this situation, we are assuming truth serum. You know what I mean? I think that they, it hit a situation where they kind of have to reveal whatever it is that you need to know about. I think that, that just that's, goes with this That's what question, you right? need for this question. <laughs> right. I, I want to know some crazy stories, some cool parties, whatever went down at Paisley Park with KG and Prince. That'd be fun to hear. What about you, Scott? Well, only if, like, uh, you know, then Chappelle and, like, Charlie <laughs> Murphy reenact A couple it. other people. Get some people to reenact <laughs> it. Film it for us. Yeah. Doing another season. Season three, Chappelle. Charlie Murphy stories. There we go. True Hollywood stories. (laughs) All right. My question. I just want a media member to do this for real. Uh, Like, if you're listening and you're ever in a position to ask Ricky questions. Yeah. Like, please ask him this for me. Lots of people are. This could happen. Like, a lot of things. Yeah. uh, Hopefully people are. You know. (laughs) You have yet to see proof. Um I would just want somebody to ask him how he feels about Catalonian independence. He's from oh. a re- northeast region of Spain. It's an autonomous region. They have their own kind of government going. They have their own language mm. that is a spinoff of Spanish. And I'm sure Catalonian people wouldn't want me saying that. Catalans, <laughs> are they? Sure. I don't know. But Catalan is like the language I have to type into Google Translate when I have to translate something Ricky writes on the internet in Catalan. Yes. Either way. Dialect. They've been trying to succeed from Spain, be their own country for a while now. They they keep having votes saying, like, we're let's vote to be independent. And then Spain's like, we don't recognize these votes as legit. <laughs> and so it's a constant topic. It, so he surely has an opinion on He has to have an opinion. Yeah. And I know that Marcus all the Gasols are from there as well. So it's just like I feel like no one's asking them about politics. I think asking about foreign politics would catch Ricky off guard. Like, he'd be so surprised that he actually might give you, like, a really honest answer. Yeah. Like, Ricky kind of... It might be easier to give just like your like uh, you know robotic answer stock to answer, everything. Yeah. Your stock answer when you have to translate to English because you uh-huh. go, yeah, I know the words for this. Like try hard, try hard, <laughs> good effort, you yeah. know, and want to win. Uh, but I think if you caught him on that, he might actually be startled enough to give you a super honest opinion. I feel about like you it. might get the answer out of him if you maybe asked it to him in Catalan or in Spanish, or right. if it was like a Barcelona journalist or something like that, where it's like you know more comfortable maybe in in the in that whether instead of it being like after a game. And it could be just like a throwaway question at the time where he's like, okay, well yeah, I answered that, and then word gets back to Spain and it's headlines, <laughs> headlines. leads every newscast, breaking news, Ricky Rubio. <laughs> That's says right. succeed, leave, leave the Succession. country. We are our own revolution, revolution, revolution. Viva! <laughs> All right, we're asking wolves questions. Good times. Thank you for the question, Kristen and Tom. Mailbag is in the bag. Please holla at us if you have any questions. We will be doing another show next week, and we need some questions. So let us know. And um, we, uh, we, Scott and I, uh, got to go to a game uh, last week. Unfortunately, it was the game where the Wolves crapped the bed against the New York Knicks. Uh, but uh, while we were there, we had a good time eating, at least. We tried some food. We want to review it. It's Target Center Food Review. Welcome to tonight's game featuring your Minnesota Timberwolves versus the bad guys. But first, it's time for Target Center Food Review. Okay, so we tried uh, two menu items um, at Target Center last week when we were at the game. Uh, We had the Pagoda Orange Chicken. And we have the Howlin' Chicken Nachos. So let's uh, break down both those uh, food options uh, that we dealt with, Scott. Let's start with the Pagoda Orange Chicken. 
Um, this is I like ate spring cleaning. We have these on our list of to do. <laughs> yeah. Like we had both had noted these food items in previous games and said yes. we'll do those in the future. We're getting towards the end of the season, especially as far as the number of home games available. Um, so we got to check off some of these last ones. Pagoda Orange Chicken. I'm a big fan um, of uh, orange chicken uh, entrees wherever I am. I'm looking at the orange chicken and, and wanting to go for that. Uh, was not disappointed. Nice brown rice uh, with the orange chicken. Um, each of the chicken bites are pretty small, but they're very flavorful. It was like fried rice. They had the like little yeah. uh, you know egg and veggie mixed yeah, in. Yeah, a little, little bit, a little bit of that, a little bit of um, you know some some peas and some carrots in there, and some scrambled egg. That was surprising to see a little scrambled egg, more of like a Thai vibe, I guess. Um, not much orange flavor. Could use a little bit more orange flavor, um, I guess, with the chicken. But they were very flavorful, um, despite their size of being small. Uh, they had lots of rice. Good helping of rice. Um, so I, I liked it. Um, you know, it was kind of maybe an average in, uh, you know, not at the bottom, but not at the top kind of uh, target center food item. Did you like the pagoda orange chicken, Scott? I wasn't a big fan. It tasted yeah. like uh, the chicken had been microwaved to reheat it in a microwave kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. where it was like kind of like a lean cuisine kind of situation, where it's just like, oh, this tasted like it was reheated recently. And like you said, they're really small. Yes. They're very tiny pieces. And then they, they try to compensate for it because it's an expense, it's one more expensive. I was at $9 or something. Yeah. Which puts it in my tears as one of the, like, okay, I'm having dinner, pushing to the level of I'm having an experience. We, That's we right. broke down the tears at our uh-huh. last food with review. the big old burgers and so i think that you know for that price they feel like they have to compensate by like you know we've had food where they fill up the bucket with fries or tots Mm. they fill up your bucket with rice in this case just a ton of rice to the portion of chicken i was a little surprised uh small portions of chicken didn't didn't taste great yeah, so um, you know maybe maybe pass. On I do the, think the dumplings look good though. Maybe we should try, try those, those in the next time. Yeah, pass the pagoda orange chicken. Um, you know, shout especially out to, compared to all the great Asian food that they have at Target Field. Ooh, they do it right at Target there. Field. So maybe they just need to use Target Field. Yeah, service. I mean, I like that there was a Asian food offering. Uh, you know, at Target Center, but didn't really deliver. If um, you're not giving me noodles, I don't like. It doesn't even count as a full Asian food offering. I want yeah. noodles with my chicken. Yeah. I can get noodles at Target Field. Give me them nudes, everybody. Um, okay, so Holland Chicken Nachos. Another thing we ate that day. These were good. These Very good. were these were these were a surprise to me. I usually balk at, at, at chicken nachos. And I, I mean, not chicken nachos, just any nachos. I'm just well, like, usually eh, it's a lot of cheese. It's I don't in know a little want. plastic container that they make tons exactly. of that are like that's what you're thinking. Custom of. pressed for nachos only, apparently. Yes, yeah, so you're thinking. What you're thinking right now is a little plastic thing with one big uh, container of of round yellow tortilla chips and one scoop of oozy nacho cheese. This is not that. Howland chicken nachos is. Is much more than that, and it, it's hearty. Like uh, they give you a, a decent portion of all the stuff, but in, in, when you combine them all, it, it's like uh, it's no small meal. You really work on it with a fork for a while. Even it's uh, some good stuff. There's just one fatal flaw, one thing that spoils the whole affair, if you will. Oh. It's an easy solution. Oh. They need to do what movie theaters do when they fill up your popcorn, where they fill it up halfway, pour the butter in, fill it up the rest of the way, pour butter on top. Because how it works is they load up this bucket. It's a bucket. Just like the bucket that the burgers come in, just like the bucket the fries come in. They load up a bucket with chips, and then on top of it, 
they like fill it basically to the rim with chips. And then on top of the rim, they just load it they up with all the dump toppings. Dump on the party. Tons of toppings. I'm like, oh, this is great. So my Cheese, lettuce, salsa, jalapenos, chicken, nacho cheese, cilantro, all of it right on top. But I'm walking back to my seat. Concourse is busy. I'm losing toppings off the top. Like lettuce <laughs> is drifting away off. from me because it's stacked so high above the rim of the bowl. And then the when we get to the seat, you know, like the first couple bites I eat are all toppings. And there's just no way to shake it. Like you would popcorn sometimes you put salt on the top and then you shake it and have the salt go down the bag right there's no way to do that with these you can't shake it and have the toppings go down i was trying to get some of the toppings in the bottom of the bowl but it was basically like i was eating a salad and then i was eating plain chips yes yeah yeah i mean you're right i mean the the toppings and and what they have going on the mix of things really tasty really great um really moist pulled um chicken i really like the chicken on this much better than the chicken um in the pagoda uh orange chicken so definitely gets high marks for that but yeah you get down to the bottom and there's nothing left so you know what they could do they could just give me all the toppings mixed together in a bucket. I see. And then give me a bag of the old Dutch chips. Oh, I like that idea. And then you're just dipping. You're just dipping and you're scooping. You're just dipping and scooping. That's how they do it. That's that's easier than having them learn a technique of like pouring chips, then pouring toppings, and then another layer of chips because the line goes slow enough. I mean, that's the is. thing about like, uh, you know, like arena food or food you're eating, you know, at something like this, like an event. It's not just about the taste. You got to have, you know, the the um, logistics down on this. Especially, I think this was like thirteen dollars, fourteen dollars. Sure. So it's it's definitely in the experience level, like we were talking about, like it's a shareable you're not, item. You're not only paying for food, but you're paying for something a little extra. And you know, I think that if I could scoop it or something like that, that'd yeah. be uh, extra. <laughs> it was just it was just discouraging that I had so many chips with no toppings once I got to the bottom. So Holland chicken nachos, uh, we're gonna rate those uh, above the pagoda orange chicken. For sure, definitely go grab those Holland chicken nachos. It's it's perfect for two people, I think. A uh, nice little little combo if you get if you're out there with a date or with whatever. Nice little share item right there with the with the Holland chicken nachos, Scott. I like that. We give it three out of five, whatever. We have <laughs> whatever. Not put it on a scale. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Target Center food. We reviewed that, um, Scott. What do you think about a new segment this week? You down with that? I'm always down to try something new. Okay, we got a new segment coming your way. We um, decided to write some fan fiction. What if KG ran an ice cream shop? It's fan fiction, freaking fan fiction. What does Wiggins get when he hits the co-op? It's fan fiction, freaking fan fiction. What if Rubio got lost in a zoo? It's fan fiction, freaking fan fiction. What if Glenn Taylor got a sick tattoo? It's fan fiction, freaking fan fiction. Uh, how do we explain fan fiction? <laughs> well, we're fans, we're, and we wrote fans some fiction. Thing, it's, a fan, it's a thing where you're a fan of something, and then you write uh, something that did not happen or will not happen. Basically, uh, when you're, you're such a devoted fan to something fictional, a series, whatever it is, maybe even a real series, you can fanfic real-life events. Yep. What you do is that you, you just you finish all the episodes of Lost, and you're like, there's no more episodes of Lost to ever watch again. And so you go, well, I can create my own Lost stories, and that way my characters can live in there my mind is. forever. And so you write your own stories using somebody else's intellectual <laughs> property. Perfect. Perfect. So we um, decided to write some fan fiction um, about the Timberwolves, specifically Andrew Wiggins' 21st birthday, which he celebrated this week while he was in Toronto. So uh, we thought it'd be fun to um, write some fiction about um, you know how, how we can imagine that that day went. Um, and, and yeah, so uh, Scott, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? On, we each have a little short, uh, little fan fiction item here for you. Does the fan stand for like fan of the thing or fantasy fiction? Fan. 
Could be, the, I don't know. Double entendre. How, don't know. how about you go first? Okay, I'm going to go first. I got um, to get my pulled My up. fan fiction for Andrew Wiggins goes a little something like this. Andrew Wiggins sat up in bed and wiped the sleep out of his eyes. He looked over at the clock and it read 10.04 a.m. The team had flown into his hometown of Toronto, Canada late the night before. Today was a new day and a special one at that. Young Andrew smiled when he realized it was his 21st birthday. When most people think of turning 21 years old, they probably are excited to be able to legally consume alcohol, but not Andrew Wiggins. Being a citizen of the beautiful land up north, a.k.a. Canada, he had been able to hit the clubs and enjoy bottle service many times in life already. This birthday would be different for an entirely different reason. Today was the day that Andrew Wiggins had decided to try poutine for the first time in his life. While it may have seemed strange that someone raised in Ontario, Canada, had never tried the tasty national dish of French fries and cheese curds covered in gravy, Andrew was simply an extremely picky eater. So he decided a few days prior that he would spend his 21st birthday expanding his culinary horizons. About an hour later, Wiggins, flanked by a half-dozen Timberwolves teammates, strolled into a local establishment called Smoke's Poutine. Seven orders of piping hot cholesterol were quickly produced, and the time had arrived. Andrew was hesitant at first. Ricky Rubio took the opportunity to call him a poil while flapping and clucking. Zach Levine, already three-fourths done with his poutine, chirped, Come on, Maple Jordan, this is Canada! Finally, Andrew took the plunge and quickly slid a huge bite into his mouth. As he chewed, his teammates hushed, awaiting a verdict from their typically quiet, stone-faced teammate. Then it happened. He flashed that classic Andrew Wiggins grin and remarked, It's pretty good. His teammates cheered. Andrew Wiggins had become a true Canadian and a man on the same day. They hoisted him up onto, onto their shoulders and hit the streets of Toronto singing, Oh Canada, all the way back to the hotel. The end. Andrew Wiggins' fan fiction for me... That's right. That's something that didn't happen. Or maybe it did. We'll never really know. Go get the movie rights for that before <laughs> you post this tomorrow morning. All right, Scott. Andrew Wiggins, 21st birthday. Fan fiction. Go ahead. Doug was stuck working the graveyard shift at an empty Toronto liquor store on a Tuesday night. He normally worked Wednesdays, but he had traded nights with Rick. Long ago, circled on Doug's refrigerator magnet schedule. Wednesday night was the Raps game, and he had tickets. Good tickets. It's only 11.50, Doug groaned. He wouldn't be able to close for another two hours. This would be more interesting if anybody ever shopped here. I don't know how this place stays in business, Doug thought as he mindlessly scrolled through NBA vines on his phone. As if on cue, the typically doormat doorbell rang. Doug couldn't believe his own glazed-over bloodshot eyes. Towering over the counter was the immistakable, menacing visage of NBA legend Kevin Garnett. Doug had never been this close to an NBA player before. KG looked just like he had seen on television, except wilder somehow. Maybe it was the noticeable twitch under his right eye every time he smiled, or the wily gray hairs that pricked out of his beard like sharp elbows. The overwhelming smell of sweat and blood overpowered Doug's sinuses, choking him. Step on the counter, wig! Time to be a grown-ass man, KG bellowed. KG's overpowering presence had distracted Doug from noticing the timid giant hiding behind him. It was Andrew Wiggins, Doug's hero. Andrew looked around nervously, like he was going to get busted at any second. Don't be shy! You're certified in two minutes, Wig! KG screamed, motioning to the clock that said 11.58 p.m. Hi, I'm Andrew, Wiggins whispered. This is my first time buying alcohol. What do you think I should get? KG said, Hennessy, of course! That's what all NBA ballers drink! And then behind him, Shabazz Muhammad piped up. Someone else Doug had not seen. Shabazz Muhammad piped up and said, 
Nah, that's what you drank in the 90s, you guys. Everybody in the league now drinks these cool Marek's Hard Lemonades. Andrew seemed unsure. He looked to his point guard, as always, for guidance. Get the red vino. It's really good. You mix it. You can get some sangria. Change your face. Wiggins smiled for Ricky. He always does when Ricky says, change your face. And turned to the, bar, the guy working the store. He said, what's your name? I'm Doug, Doug replied. What do, you, what do you think I should get, Doug? You have a lot of experience. You work here. Doug thought about it a second and then pulled Andrew aside. He said, Andrew, under his whispering voice, can I tell you a secret? Something that all Canadians pass down to each other? Of course, Andrew said. Doug brought Andrew into the back room and pulled out a chest that was covered in maple leaves. He popped it open and surrounded in the sap of a maple tree was a bottle of alcohol shaped like a leaf. He pulled it out and told Wiggins, this is pure maple cider grain alcohol. It's maple syrup and grain alcohol, and it's 500 proof. And this is something only Canadians can know about. And Wiggins said, thank you. And that is how Andrew Wiggins had the best birthday of all time. Wow. Incredible. Another story right there. True story. True story. Nobody knows. That I wrote. Could be. No. It is true. It's a true story that I wrote that. Fan fiction, everybody. We'll have more fan fiction coming for you for another podcast episode. Hope you like that. Let us know who you want us to write fan fiction about next. We can write it about you. Okay, let's wrap things up here by playing a game, Scott. You down for a game? Always down for a game. Okay, today's game is a Sporkle quiz. We love Sporkle. It's a Can You Name the Minnesota Timberwolves All-Time Leading Scores. We're going to put three minutes on the clock. They gave us six minutes, but we're hosting a Timberwolves podcast. We feel like we can't have six. We have minutes. to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Is what I was going to say. We're the we're supposed experts. Yes, they only give podcasts to people who are experts. Yes. So we are going to participate here. We have ten different people who we need. To, so basically, need to name the top ten uh, Timberwolves all-time leading scores. Uh, we're going to hit play right now. All right, Kevin Garnett's got to be number one, right? Easily. Garnett. Garnett, number one. Okay, okay, number two from 1990 to 2002. Who could it be? Um, Sam Mitchell? Try Mitchell. Sam Ooh, Mitchell, Sam number Mitchell. two. Coach. Number three from 2000 to 2006. Wally? Uh, 1990 to 98. Uh, I'm going to say Peeler, maybe? Peeler. Oh, he's way down at the bottom. Way down on the list. He's our 90 to 92. Some... Down there. Um, Love is on this list, probably, Love. right? Love. Love. Oh, he's on a he's on a soon maybe. <laughs> this is an outdated list. Oh my god, this quiz is from like 2010. Okay, so we have seven more. Spreewell? Oh, uh, he he wasn't here long enough, I don't think. Nope, no Spreewell. 1990 to 1998. Doug West, right there. Doug Number West. four is Doug West. Doug West played 1998, 90 to 92. Yeah, it's not gonna be a big man. You gotta think. You gotta think small. Try Pooh Richardson. Here. Richardson. Oh, he's on the list. 90 to 92. Marbury. Nope. Oh, yeah, he's on there. Marbury's on the list, too. We got four more. Can we do it? We got about a minute left. Who else should we guess? Ryder. Ryder. Oh, Isaiah Ryder's on there. We got three more. Who should we get? Uh, So far, we have Garnett one, Mitchell two, Wally three, Doug West four. Who's, and and well, then a gap between give Christian me some years. Is there anything that's... 90 to 92 is, no, is number five. 1990 to 1992. That's like three years? He must have been a crazy good scorer. Right? Yeah, 4,888 points. 90 to 92. Man, I don't even know who it could be. We already have Mitchell. We already have Doug West. 
We already have Pooh Richardson. Hudson. <laughs> Troy Hudson. Peeler? Did we guess right, Peeler? Guess, yep, guess, Peeler's on there. All right, let's guess yeah. our 2008 to 2010. Um, love, we already had Love. Um, Jefferson? Jefferson. Al Jefferson, indeed, 2008 to 2010. So our two that were missing, 95 to 98 and 1990 to 92. Who are, hmm. uh, we didn't say Googs? Googliata. Googliata right there. That's our 95 to 98. And what's the final one? Final one. We're going to give up. Oh, we gave uh, up? Oh. Yeah, we gave up. Well, what year was it from? Oh, well, we can't give up. Tell me. Tell me what year it's from. <laughs> we won't let you give up. You can only pop. Oh, yeah, we no, can't give up. Tony Campbell. We would have no, not have gotten, not gotten Tony, Tony Campbell. Campbell. Wow. Tony Campbell. Oh, he's like fourth, too. Yeah, he's yeah, he's Okay, fifth. Neil, give me 10 to 1. Read him in order for me. 10 number to 10. 1. Start at number 10, Pooh Richardson. Number 9. 3,000 points. Uh, Al Jefferson. 8, Tom Gugliata. 7, Isaiah Ryder. 6, Christian Leitner. 5, Tony Campbell. 4, Doug West, three, Wally Zerbiak, two, Sam Mitchell, and number one, KG. A real murderer Those are the ones right there. Those are the all-time leading scorers, or so says this user on Sporkle. At, no, <laughs> this is also like as of 2010, obviously, because sure. like Kevin Love, I'm pretty sure is on that list. Love's got to be up in there. Love's got to be in there. Cool. That's going to do it for our show this week. Thank you for listening and uh, waiting a week as we took a break for the all-star situation. As we enter March, we'll have a little March Madness fever going on around here. We'll probably talk about some college players that you could watch who might be Timberwolves players next year. Come up with uh, the official Timberwolves, the podcast draft board. We've been working hard in our draft data center. Indeed, indeed. Talking to Chad Ford, all that stuff. We got uh, right now, number one on our big board is Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> that's how that's how it's going to be. Fictional characters and stuff, you know. Number two, Dragon Bender. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Number dragon. three, Dragonite. <laughs> it's gonna be great. You guys, make sure you're telling all your Timberwolves fans about our show. That would help us out a lot if you just passed it on to one other person uh, who you know is a big Timberwolves fan. That'd be really cool. Um, we yeah. could be like the new Rick Roll, where you trick someone into listening to us. Yeah, tricking someone into downloading. Just be like, check thing. out this hot Kanye song, and then send them Never our gonna episode. Never going to give you up. They're going to be like, no, Tim Rolls the podcast again. This meme is out of control. <laughs> That's right. Well, good. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And until next time, everyone, ponder this: Are free throws truly free? <laughs> <laughs>